Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. And in this episode, I am delighted to welcome along Craig Gunn. So welcome to the podcast, Craig. Thank you, Dan, for having me. That's okay. And you will notice that Craig has immediately uh, gone into a very sensible mode because we've decided beforehand that we're going to be all about sense and no fun or any enjoyment at all in this. It's all going to be uh, straight down the line, uh, tip after tip after tip, with no energy at all, which is completely alien to Craig at all. <laughs> so, um, uh, right. you may, you, yeah, <laughs> we're going to be all right. Now, some of you may have come across uh, Gunny before and might have heard of the term Gunny Madness, uh, which I think is... Um, in, in some ways uh, says a lot about the excitement and the enjoyment that one would get from a session, but sometimes also hides away from the fact that uh, Gunny has been in the coaching and learning game for a long time. I'm not going to say how old he is. Uh, you might even forgive that away, but he's been in and around it for a long time. And that means that he has got a lot of experience. So he's been a PE teacher uh, and then he went back into the world of academia to research it. And is now out there sharing his ideas and his way of coaching with the rest of the world. And he's even flown across from sunny Australia. I think he's, you're in Brisbane, is that right, Gunny? That's it. That's it. Beautiful Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. So he's in beautiful Brisbane and he'll be over in the UK again in September. And he'll probably tell us a bit about that. So um, I've just given a very general idea of... Uh, your background can you just pick out a couple of highlights of why you are here today not here on this podcast today uh but why you are uh, coaching the way you are coaching now okay well look, you know if we look at um the fact that we're all unique learners i suggest the real reason why i uh coach the way i do and i'll explain a bit more about it later i suppose is because of uh, my upbringing. My, my your father was the youngest battery sergeant major in the Australian Army. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I need structure. I, I love being told what to do. <laughs> yeah. And you've discovered that in this. Yeah. <laughs> in in yeah. any of our interactions there. Yeah, but, shut uh, up and get on with it. Get on with it. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> yes. So, mate, um, the, the, the fact is, is that I was just never going to coach that way. So um, I'm very um, individually focused. So... Look, uh, I was always a bit of a maverick. It, it was considered, I suppose. Yet, um, I base everything I do around the idea, and I've written this for a piece in your wonderful publication before. Um, you know, kids learn, teachers not subjects. That's that's my my my, my main go to, and the fact that uh, yeah, look, organising uh, a wonderful environment for learning is um, what I tend to try and do. Um, and I've had a lot of success basically focusing on that stuff. So, look, um, from there, as you said, you, I, I have worked in academia. Um, I've, I've worked at, you know, QUT, the, the hotbed of the constraints-led approach for a while there, um, like a good while, close to a decade. I was also the head lecturer at Australian Catholic Uni where I was um, the go-between between, between uh, sports coaching and, you know, post-grad physical education faculties, or sorry, uh, disciplines, I should say. And I invented a few subjects on sports coaching where, you know, like nothing against QUT, but it was very constraints-led um, approach. That's pretty much it. And whereas 
when I was on my own, I made sure everything, a bit like what you do in your publications, everything was considered. Um, not that at any point, and let's not uh, muddy the waters here, um, a drill is a constraint, but basically um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, my students still knew how to, um, you know, directly, you know, coach. So, yeah, if there's one thing that I, I'm favouring amongst um, everything in my own coaching, it's quality coaching and physical education teaching. And I think you get that through um, a, a fella called, uh, oh, geez, I can't remember his first name, but um, um, a Russian bloke, last name Mostyn, and uh, he's done some work with um, Sarah Ashworth, uh, Mostyn's spectrum of, of, you know, teaching styles, A to K. Um, yeah. If you can cover that, yep, you're going to be a, a fairly good teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I, it's not. It's a little bit of a curveball me asking this question, so beware. Um, <laughs> anyone who's been with you or anyone seen you coach will know that uh, there's an enormous amount of energy and you have um, a great style to you. But you would say, I suggest that, yeah, watch me, see what I do, but you don't have to be like me. You have to see what the reasons why I'm doing it. Now, it just so happens that I'm... I'm energetic and I, I like to do this uh, in this way. But it's not all about that. So there's a danger that some coaches think, oh, I've got to be like that. It's not about being like that. It's about being yourself, being a better version of yourself. But it's a lot of what you're saying is follow through these ideas. Would would that be true to say or am I? Oh, no, no you're aware? 100% bang on there. Look, actually, it's quite dangerous, and um, you know, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot and, and, and my business, I suppose, when, I, when I'm when i about to come back over to the UK and work with some, some organisations, etc. It is dangerous at times if you don't make that very clear that, you know, it could possibly intimidate at times. Um, that's why I get it out on video anyway, the, 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 the way I coach. Um, make it very clear that, yep, this is just me. You've got to find another version of yourself, but that's where I like what the American, you know, gridiron coaches talk about, you know, bring the juice, and you'll see me say that in videos, whatever yeah. you've got, you've got to bring something extra because, you know, teaching is an act, okay? Mm. It's a performance, okay? We, we learned that at university, us us ed teachers. You've got to walk down the aisle sometimes, biting a pencil to force yourself to smile, but um, you've got to bring <laughs> something <laughs> something extra. So mm. what, I, what I would suggest is, yep, Again, if just think about your, your primary school experiences in kindergarten or whatever, there were plenty of amazing, uh, especially female, low-tone teachers that would just give you that look. I mean, you know, um, again, yeah, you've got, you're going to have to, you know, develop whatever you've got but bring something else. Bring just a little bit more of yourself out there. And I, I look, I know people are jumping up and down about the bloke from the Canterbury Crusaders, okay, in his breakdance. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing it for yeah. a long time. I was yeah. I was I was in a breakdancing trio called Moon Patrol in nine eighty four. Sorry, that's probably the most important thing I've heard in a long time. Just repeat the name of that uh, breakdancing trio again. <laughs> Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol. Nineteen eighty-four. But anyway, the point was, the point was, patrol. okay. So, patrol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Dan. The, the thing is, is that okay? So, um, surely people who can't break dance don't think, oh yeah, that's what I've got to do. <laughs> Be like this, like so. That's where um, I think, I think what we m must focus on in any case is 
the fact that lots of the stuff that we do, whether it be your publications, my stuff, or anything that people have learnt at uni, are they really doing it? Well, the research says no, they're not. Um, so the first thing we need to focus on is is self-awareness of what you're actually doing yourself regardless. So I, I said to you off air one time, you know, you know if, if someone did exactly, and I could bring out some of my lesson plans from 2006 where I used some of your games, I recall, um, I, um, I could find them. But if, if, if I was actually doing that, mate, it was fantastic teaching. So... Um, Again, yeah, so if I could summarise, focus on bringing something extra out because, you know, the, the, the key to any teaching is, is connection. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but number two, okay, geez, you've got to be aware of what on earth you're doing. And once again, I can look at and point to the Queensland uh, physical education research from Brendan Susie and my guru, Ken Edwards, where, okay, only one out of... Uh, the entire mob that was researched was actually using anything outside of command and, you know, practice style um, A and B on, you know, Moston's spectrum of, you know, teaching. If they thought they were doing guided discovery, convergent discovery, okay, learn initiated style, etc. it doesn't matter, all these different styles. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were doing A and B. And then... Um, one person, you know, bravely thought she was doing something like God of Discovery. Of course, she was a female and a young female at that. So, um, yep, um, I hope with all my tangent there that I made a bit of sense. Well, another thing that, um, first of all, I think the first point is that uh, we've just got to be a bit bigger than ourselves rather than trying to be something, something different. And something I've learned over time is that the energy you bring into the situation really then helps the energy of the people that you're working with now i'm not saying that you're going to come in and bang a drum like that we were at this we uh we were at that quilter first conference <laughs> yeah. it was fantastic and this guy comes amazing. in banging a drum and making us bang on the table and uh, it was absolutely amazing and it was an energizer um and yet the, what did it do for us in terms of learning? It didn't do anything for us in terms of learning, but it was great fun. So there's no there's no harm in having great fun and having energizers. But from the, the point of view of the person who's actually doing the teaching and the learning, they've got to bring a little bit of extra energy to what they're doing, because otherwise you aren't going to be feeding back off the energy. You will be if someone comes in and it's just absolutely uh oh dear here we go we've got another lesson well you're not going to be you're not going to be fired up now you're not going to come in with a drum and make everyone tap on the table now i have actually done some of that tapping on the table and uh the kids who've have done it i've I've loved it uh yep. i'm not quite sure if it's brought any extra energy to the session but it you can use these things but you've got to know when to actually sometimes say right now we've got to go in this direction because you've got to actually learn some stuff um so yeah. that in a i've rambled worse than uh, i was trying oh. to stop you there's where's my structure gone <laughs> i'm supposed to be the one giving structure here and it's, it's i'm blaming you that's one well, of the like most it. important things in coaching is to find someone else to blame then bring in so mate. number Critical. one lesson find someone else to blame and then number two bring some energy so we're going to yep. do some structure so first of all uh, because you um, 
have been involved in this for a long time um, and have seen lots of good ways and maybe some not so good ways. If you are a, well, not say a nervous coach, but a less experienced coach and you want to get your session to start really well, you're not going to get a guy coming in, banging your drum and making everybody leap up and down. What are going to be effective session starts? Yeah, okay. Well, look, again, it'll save you time to do the work beforehand. So, you know, you are a nervous person, do a lot of planning. So, hey, look on the Gun Engagement uh, YouTube channel, you'll, you'll, you'll see, you know, ideas like this where... I think what you were describing there, Dan, with the whole energy thing is a, another one of my favourite sayings, Maslow comes before bloom. So you've got to set a, like an environment. Sure, there mightn't have been, you know, learning. I mean, remember that there was that wonderful speaker, Jez, followed up. Yeah, Jez, yeah. And I, and I thought, Jesus, he's going to be a hard act to follow, but he was amazing. But the point was, was that that fella set the environment ready for us to learn. Okay, mm. so look. With the planning, you get there, say, 45 minutes beforehand, okay, but make sure all of the gear, so this is for the little young, you know, kids and youth, for example, make sure everything's out beforehand so you start to work out who's who, okay, like, uh, it's a Bill Rogers, you know, behaviour management technique where you've got to own the turf, you, you've got to be down the back of the room, so on this, in, in this case, now, you know, Bill Rogers is a is a is a behaviour management expert, like um like around the nuts and bolts, a bit like or maybe twenty five years before um our friend um Doug Lemov, but basically he would sometimes start his <laughs> lessons at the back of the room. So what you're doing here is you get the gear out and you see who's jumping up and down around the tackle bags or whatever. And look, as a rugby league man, I'm going to tell you. You and I know that that's about all they're really good for. Um, but having said that, you start to work out who's who. So in that first session for, for, for the nervous coaches, you make it very clear to the parents there's no drop-offs and you're going to meet them all side on. I always find it bizarre when I hear, you know, communication experts saying, you know, to communicate effectively, go face on. I find it a little bit threatening, to be honest with you. Maybe that's just the PE teacher and me. You're, no, no, you're, I think you're side idea. on with people. Yeah, like like you side on with 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 parents when you when you're chatting to them, walking alongside them, okay, and watching the kids play. Um, so that is really, 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 really important. And and again, lots of ideas that I've got where, look, I keep them con contained four different colours, ten by ten, okay, green, yellow, blue, um, so green, red, yellow, blue, and you know it's all there, okay. So at some ideas, right, on actually. Um, making it worthwhile once you've got that set now again that's from judith rink 1993 so people look at what i do especially academics sometimes uh and again look maybe i it was wonderful female pe teachers that came up with the idea that i do gunny madness it's only because they hadn't experienced it before a lot of it's just mm. small-sided games with you know <laughs> clear learning <laughs> clear learning intent but yeah. but you know basically a, a lot of academics will see that and they'll say okay why Okay, well, what you got to do first, Judith Rink, 1993, okay, wonderful PE teaching academic, Dan, um, said you've got to worry about your routines. Okay, so, like, if, if you're going from, you know, kids being used to doing command A and, you know, B on the Mostens in a spectrum and all of a sudden right, right, you want to... Before, 
Okay, sorry, just just tell me what you mean by command A and B. What, oh. what does that mean? Oh, well, okay, so, you know, command A would be, okay, from a phys ed point of view, perhaps, like it would be, um, you know, getting your hands on people, uh, like, like in gymnastics to help them, you know, um, go over uh, in the somersault. It's, it's yeah. you know, reproducing what you want, like um, a, a sort of predicted response. And then B would be more, okay, so you've you've given them a bit more individual practice around the reproduction task. So that's the, uh, you know, basic drilling that, that we see quite often. Okay, but, yeah. and again, as I say, most PE teachers in Queensland, um, they go from, well, this was 2013, I think, they go from that to a full-on game and they expect learning transfer. So I'm having to go up the PE teachers rather than the coaches. That's why I'm saying I'm not sure if we're aware really of what we're doing. So going back to what I was on about there, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. yeah so, um, I guess, I, I, again, I was, I was talking about trying to set an environment. So if they've gone from that and then you wanted to try some of these new ideas that we're hearing about in rugby all the time now, yeah. um, that, you know, and you guys seem to be ready to uh, explore stuff that didn't work for us 25 years ago called Game Sense. Um, yeah, you've got to actually come up with routines to control the chaos. So yeah. um, so I, it, it, it takes me about 45 minutes with a representative team to whip them into shape. So I might do 30 minutes of this at the start of the first session, then the second session with them, in like in a warm-up, it might be 15 minutes where I'm, you know, going through games that are easily found on the Australian Sports Commission website like everywhere, which is, you know, just um, moving the ball around in, in you know, um, chaotic environments. Or I've even heard Richard Cheatham talk about things like the, you know, Bangkok, you know, traffic jam, yeah. a bit like that. Okay, but, you know, these games have been around forever. You can find them all. It's not going to work unless you come up with a uh, routine. So my routine borrowed from, you know, Bob Pengrazy, the amazing um, American uh, physical education academic, you know, he I used one whistle and you know that that you know Tower of Power you guys do. Um, he 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 called it looking like an athlete. Okay, hands on your knees. Um, they they find where I am. So you know, starting your session, you've got to come up with some pre-planned uh, ideas to contain them, and you know <laughs> you know how to actually you know control them and. And I can show you how to do that on, you know, the Gun Engagement YouTube channel. But yeah. once you've done all that, you've all kinds of different ideas. Like, you know, I might then, you know, start the session with where I'll give one of the players the whistle. And they love seeing me crawl, you see. <laughs> <laughs> it might be things like, I think I saw, um, I met, oh, geez, what was his name? Oh, amazing uh, coach from Oxford called Lynn Evans, 81. Oh, and he showed me yeah, these, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he showed me these videos of, of these French fellas um, doing this game where they were, you know, you know, jogging around backwards with this mob of kids, and then all of a sudden they'll decide, right, here's the ball, <laughs> and they've got to actually start to attack and defend. Now, again, that's a great example of that's their structure and their routine. You've 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 got to have to come up with whatever it is, and you, like you only do it through through practice, but there's not enough time thought about this in our rugby or any you know coaching sessions it's the boring stuff i suppose is is what i'm trying to you know help a lot of coaches with 
it's the stuff before you get to the constraints-led approach um, ideas, you know. Again, routine, routine, routine. Um, hopefully that's given them, a, you know, the volunteer coaches and you are my heroes, I've got to tell you, um, for doing all this. Hopefully it's given you a couple of ideas there, Dan. Yeah, and some of the most important things there, and I like this idea of routine, is that you've got to set a standard that means that you can control the chaos so they know when to stop, when to start. Because sometimes um, it's all very well being chaotic, but they come away from the session and they've run around in circles um, and they've not really progressed because they've not understood why something's gone well. Uh, so they don't understand when you've given praise because it's so chaotic. They don't understand that you have made something work well for them. And then they they can put in their memory bank something said, well, actually, that was good. When I did that, that was creative, not because I did it by accident. I did it, well, I might have done it by accident, but I know why it works. Now, you're not going to give someone the full principles of a sport on day one, uh, but you are going to allow them the chance to understand very gently, perhaps, why something has worked. And so that's what you're suggesting with a routine. Now, going back, another one is I really like that idea of speaking to parents from the side. So I'm thinking that um, at the start of a session, and this owning the turf is really powerful for me. Um, mm. Again, um, the idea that who, who owns the turf? Let's just go back to that one. Talk me through who is owning the turf. Is it you? Is it the kids? Well, at the start, again, the, the, okay, so I'm using Bill Rogers here. Yep, it is the kids' turf, but you've got to show them that you own, you know, certain parts of it. So, right. you know, I, I, I treat it like a game with the Bob Penn Grazy thing. I'll blow two whistles and they've got to find me. And if they're not quick enough, okay, then they crawl, which is, you know, concussion prevention. <laughs> so Crowthorn Rugby Football Club ladies... Mate, they loved crawling. I mean, I think it's yeah. one of their, you know, little, you know, catch cries now. But, but basically, what what that's doing is, okay, again, you're showing them that you're in control of their turf because they've got to find where you are. Because in the end, okay, and you know, this this is what would separate an A student from a B student in physical education. Those who just stay anchored on the spot. Okay, um, I, I don't think you can really feel enough of what's going on. Okay, so that's why you need to move and get involved like I've seen Lynn Evans do in camera. Oh, I can't believe that guy. He's amazing. But 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 number two, when you're on the move and then you blow the two whistles, okay, they don't know where you are. I mean, that's that's how you keep them accountable. That's, that's, behave, that's positive behaviour management. So, yeah. yeah, look, it is their turf, but at that start, okay, um, you know, Stuart Armstrong's, you know, seen me run a session where I have a little thing where we're all alpha walls. Okay, that means that, okay, they're in they're in control of their own behaviour so that we as coaches are able to step out and, you know, work with them individually, um, like throughout the chaos. So um, I've, I've always used this idea of the wolf pack, but on this one, it's different to the real wolf pack because they're all alpha walls. So in other words, okay... Um, I come in as the alpha wolf um, only when I need to. And um, Stuart says, actually, it's it's, it's similar to, um, I don't know enough about him, Mark Bennett's idea, but, oh, yeah. okay, um, he did say <laughs> that I do it in a playful way, which means, 
um, I treat everything like a game. Like, again, can you go faster at <laughs> finding me? And I'll ask them, you know, and you see this on the video. Are you happy with that? And, you know, there's always a kid. Okay, Yorkshire Carnegie Academy were amazing because they were so <laughs> always wanted to tell the truth, you know. <laughs> Yeah, good. So, 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 like, like you put it on them, but, but again, yeah. So back on the turf, of course it's their turf, but you know you've got to create an environment where everyone feels welcome. So you're the teacher, you're the one who sets that standard at the start, okay. And then, okay, like I say, it takes thirty minutes of the representative team, then fifteen minutes, you know, the second session, and then we're away, okay. Um, it, it's. I never, ever have another problem. And, you know, with the Queensland team, for example, Australian football coming up, okay, I just had to hop out of my ute. And, uh, you know, the girls see me coming. Oh, you know, girls, you're going to love this because because they know what's coming, you know. So um, I've already set the standards and, you know, from, from, from the year previously. Um, so those alpha wolves then set the tone, even though we're all alpha wolves. They'll, they'll start nipping at the you know, heels of, of the others if they have to. So there you go. Um, yeah, we're so all what's out coming across now, all out Yeah. Sorry, so what's coming across to me now is that um, it is a not, it's not one session. It is, it is a group or a run of sessions which builds this, these routines. So you're not expecting mm. to come in and uh, the very moment you open your mouth, they're going to click into the routine. They're going to understand the routine uh, week one. The week two, they'll know more about the routine. Week by week three or session three, they'll have seen and they'll know what to expect. And therefore, that's when more of the bells and the whistles come in. So you've got to sort of set a set a standard from 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 the get go. So let's say let's go back then. So you've set up the um, you set up the session. You've got there got there early week one and as the kids arrive, because they don't all arrive in one lump unless they get off a bus, which is uh, very unlikely. They'll... So you're just saying, uh, I'm going to welcome a child as they arrive, maybe welcome a, a parent, say hello, uh, you know, welcome to the session. And then you're going to let them wander onto the field and play? Yeah, yeah, let them, let them play, like, like you've set up the environment. Um, so, but again, you're going to have to have some boundaries. So like I have pool noodles, for example, that I use. You've seen yeah, me yeah. Um, in, on getting the kids moving. Like you, you, you don't have them out. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you would set up because they're going to hit each other, even yeah, though yeah. it doesn't hurt. But, but you know, like you need to think along the lines of right again. The okay, so if it's free play, and I've had to do this at uni, like you know, like you start a session with free play because mm. you, you want to get them in the pool, and that's the other thing. You know, if your session starts at five o'clock, start it then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, uh, that's the other reason why um, you want to have the fun out. I, my dear, I've had sports masters before, say, with rugby union. Okay. The kids aren't allowed to kick the ball around till everyone's dressed. What a load of rubbish. You know, <laughs> positive behavior management. <laughs> give, give the good kids the opportunity to play. You know yeah. what I mean, but but then once it's five o'clock, bang, we're away. So yeah. you know those. Oh, I've never been this strict, but I know other PE teachers who would become coaches who would, you know, possibly, um, they wouldn't allow them to start. You know, any any latecomers start. So going back, if if, if you look at my videos with 
um, the biggest rugby union club in, uh, you know, Queensland. And I remember asking you if you had a publication on under fives or something, and you said, <laughs> in brackets, oh, so you're babysitting, Gunny. So, <laughs> but anyway, mate, um, you, 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 you'll see what I do. I mean, yeah, sure, look, I, I get under sixes to do that. With the kids five and under, what you do is you get a thing called, I think it's the Wonder Boom. It's a little... Um, speaker that sets you know to your phone and you have music playing okay so again so you've set it up but i would actually pay money to get a 14 year old or someone a school captain type to come okay so whilst you're chatting even a couple of them um they're they're getting around to the kids but but the boundaries would be this right so you stay inside this area you've marked out 20 metres by 20 metres. So you point that out. This is where you go. If you need to leave that area, you come and see one of those two big people there, those those, those two big ladies there, those 14-year-old teenagers. Go and see them and they'll allow you. Um, so, yeah, you just got to have things like that and little rules like, you know, hands off, even though it's rugby at this point, no hitting. Um, you know, but but again, so that's you. You've, you've controlled that turf early and... It's all there. Like you, you, you can see me doing it with six-year-olds blowing two whistles. They'll find me. But when you've got those other, those those two older people in the chaos, finding you as role models, it just works a treat. Now the other thing you do when you set yourself up forty-five minutes early, and the uh, you know parents are coming in to meet them side on, you start looking at their shoes. <laughs> So yeah, I'm talking about there is those that those that look athletic, okay, mate. Then watch their behaviour, and if they're involved, okay, in any of the shenanigans with all the balls and everything out there, mate, that's who you want as assistant coaches. So right. like I say, I, I I find it intriguing at times when I, uh, and I and I'm working with the biggest rugby club in in you know. Australia, um, called Brothers Rugby Union Club, as you know, they take this stuff seriously. Like I'm their coaching consultant in helping their volunteers, so they go through all this. They they pay extra money to get their 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 you know people um, ready for this. So it's not just level one; it's it's the engagement piece which is important. So I, I I show them how they only need four grids, and if you can get an adult or a teen or something in each of those. Jeez, mm. mate, it's it's like luxury, absolute mm. luxury. So again, yeah, look, it's the routines, and so in like once I've whipped them into shape, okay, those five and six year olds, mate, we're playing tag. You know, like <laughs> the, mm. the, the the funniest thing about the Australian now, I'm a level two in lots of different sports, and oh geez, I've you know coached eleven. So um, look, in Australian football, what you guys call Aussie rules. Mate, Jesus, they are so funny, those coaches. They think that's a hard game. Rugby is a complex game. It's a dynamic game. It's a mm. game of tiggy or keepings off slash end zone. That's it. So, yeah. you know, pretty much, you know, that's what I would be doing with your young people in rugby or Australian football or soccer or anything, just playing little games of Red Rover, British Bulldog, whatever, little mm. games where they're, where they're chasing each other. And that's the other thing that I say in some of my vision to bring the juice even if you're a, a recluse up there in the himalayas I, I i say this in video non-negotiable kids love being chased by adults and they love chasing adults and 
Geez, I learned that playing senior rugby league back in the early 90s with, you know, blokes that had played uh, at the highest level. Jesus, mate. Um, you know, chasing each other is fun. So, yeah, hopefully if people have gotten nothing else out of, you know, today's session, they really, really, really need to put a lot more emphasis in. Okay, again, Maslow comes before Bloom. You need to set an environment where, okay, people are going to feel safe and you know the beauty of being able to control the chaos okay and allowing them to explore that space is again no one stands out and you can have these little side-on conversations with young people if they're playing up or anything don't be afraid to sit them out and that's why you cannot i repeat you cannot allow on that first session your parents or carers to drop off and go they must hang around Okay, so you've so you said hello, etc. But if, but if someone's not doing the right thing, okay, even with the role models there, sit them out. It, it only takes a minute. I did it with the uh, Cooper's School at Essex, you know, <laughs> possibly <laughs> school captain types, but you know, um, just blokes that that uh, wanted to, uh, you know, just um, break a couple of little rules. You know, they get a warning. And then I'll move a bit closer. And if it happens again, hey, just take a sip, sit down here. And I remember one of the blokes looking, as I said, look like a school captain top. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no one else knew he was even doing it. You know what I mean? Mm. So he didn't have to lose face. Jesus, there's a few gunning tangents there for you to try and explore. Dan, I'm sorry. Well, mate. no, no. And uh, there's, a, there's a big movement now in teaching itself to to make sure that discipline is is spot on and it's not meaning that you're going around with a great big stick and whacking people maybe one of your uh, your swimming pool <laughs> tubes uh, but it and <laughs> yes. also i think um uh, the other thing i find is that um, coaches who haven't been coaching for a very long time who aren't or not necessarily experts have a sort of certain drawl to their voice which is almost like disappointment Oh no, you've done it again, type thing. It's not yeah. about that. It is. Uh, it's just clear instruction. It is. Uh, this is a rule. We don't break that rule. And you don't say this is the rule. We don't break that rule. It is. This is the rule. We don't break that rule. Uh, yep. Okay. Play. Play. Okay. Please don't break it again uh, because there'll be a consequence. Let's play. And then they'll they'll break it again. So right. Uh, sorry, Craig. Um, well, I wouldn't say sorry, Craig. Craig. Um, you've broken it a couple of times. Can you sit uh, on the sideline for a minute and then come back in? But you don't yep. say it is, oh, Craig, you've done it again. You know you shouldn't do that. It's out. And it is yeah. clear. that That is how I would approach it these days. I mean, I, um, I, I, there's uh, some great podcasts out there. And I've got a feeling that uh, it might have been Russell Earnshaw or Rusty saying that uh, Brian Ashton said he was glad that there was no video around in his day. <laughs> Now, Brian, Brian Ashton, I was I was yes. very lucky because I was coached by Coach Brian yeah. by, by in 1993, so that's a hell of a long time ago. And uh, it was it was God, it was drill based. It was up and down in lines, but you could you you knew that what he was saying was fantastic. And he's changed, and he said he's changed all that time. Now I've changed, and it's important also that any coach who's listening into this doesn't feel embarrassed about what they did previously 
because oh. that's part of your learning. If you were that person who was speaking in that awful, oh, don't do that, and now you say, right, don't do that, do this, you you can always change. You can always be better in your in your next session. So I think that's important. And the, the point I'm getting to in a ramble is that discipline and behavior control is is essential. Everyone knows that there are kids who are going to come to these sessions who are going to not quite get it in terms of this is chaotic. I'm with my mates. I'm outside. I mean, that's fun. But they're not going to know when to stop. And you've got to have you've got to work hard at behavior control. So you mm. you would you would you would sit them out, maybe oh, for thirty seconds for a minute. Yep. And 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 always and always given the opportunity. Okay, so you know, are you ready? <laughs> are you yeah. ready to play? Yep. Right. Okay. And yeah. you know, that's all that's all it takes, mate. Both of those young fellas, um, mate. Hey, but actually, here's a good point there on this one. Um, this is a teaching technique, though. After you've done that, you then really work hard at finding something good from them. So I then was, you know, positively biased, you know, towards these two blokes. Because you could tell that they were just good fellas who, um, because, look, I was working with 14s through to 18s, okay, and probably uh, they, they weren't used to that, you know, working with uh, with the younger boys, for example. So we were playing Indigenous games. I showed them that I wanted flat passes. That's what it was. I, I called them rugby league passes rather than the, the you know, fancy spirals. Just a nice little bread basket because there was this game where pretty much the Indigenous kids, uh, I can't remember where it's from, but, you know, it's all about trying to make each other laugh. So you've got to rocket the ball to people when they're not ready. And I showed them <laughs> the area where it had to be, which is in the bread basket, but it had to be a flat ball because, again, um, wherever they were playing, it probably wasn't a rugby ball. Okay. Mm. It was probably softer with, you know, possum fur, etc. So, you know, again... Mate, I knew it was going to happen. But, um, possum, <laughs> possum fur. Oh, so so uh, all uh, any anyone from Yorkshire who's listening in will know what a possum is. But from the rest of uh, the rest okay. of the world, uh, what is a possum? I think I know what a possum is. It's obviously it's a, a like soft squirrel, furry animal, is it? Is it? Yeah, is it a, it's, it's, it's like a, a squirrel. A is soft it? Furry animal. It's like a squirrel, a bit bigger. It's, it's um, a bit bigger than a squirrel. Okay. Yes, I'm, assu- yes. I'm, assu- I'm assuming that it's been. It's not actually the actual possum itself. It's a ball made out of the possum, is it? <laughs> well, you know, um, I, luckily my guru, as I, we're, we're heading down uh, some interesting areas now because, um, <laughs> you know, Ken Edwards. We're going to do tax of, taxidermy. Like, we mentioned. Didn't, think, didn't think we're doing taxidermy in this. <laughs> well, what I'm, what I'm about to you know, suggest is that, you know, Indigenous games in Australia... Uh, have been well researched and you know documented by Dr. Ken Edwards, retired now, and yeah, so he lists the you know different uh, equipment that they use and what they made it out of. So, yep. So like I'm like I was trying to sort of suggest there, I knew it wasn't going to work again through my planning because they were rugby balls. That's why I had to bring in, dare I use the word, constraint uh, of a um, a flat rugby league style pass. Is what I, you know, I, I sort of, you know, described passing from dummy half. You're about to get bashed, etc. But yeah, look, they would have had, you know, possum fur or wherever they were, you know, um, you know, different parts of their environment. And the, again, Australia is an amazing, you know, country in regards to the environment. You know how different it is 
in different areas and how that actually allowed them to play different games. But back to um, the, you know, discipline. Yeah, look, look, of course, but here's, here's the thing where if you're a good parent, you'll be a good coach because if you say something, Okay, you got to follow through. And what I really liked, what you said there, it's it's quick, bang, re- really short and sharp, and then, you know, get them going. Like the other problem we see all the time with coaches is how much they just lecture. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, oh, yes. honestly, yeah, look, 15 seconds tops. If, if you're upset, 15 seconds, and then you move on. So, like, I can remember at the end, because I was trying to pay some respect to the Indigenous games with those boys at um, Essex, Someone made some comment and, um, you know, like I was, I was thanking everyone. But, okay, so I was cross for 15 seconds um, uh, only. You know, that's okay. But then, okay, your homework, boys, is to do something nice for your parents and to sub- subscribe to the Gun Engagement YouTube channel. They all started laughing. Okay, because <laughs> I've moved past that. You know, like, honestly, that's all they need is a 15-second, mm. you know, correction. And then you're back into you know, gunny or Dan mode or whoever it may be. And going back to the routines, though, like, seriously, have a look at any primary school teachers planning the first week, the entire week is setting a great environment. So, of course, it's going to take you um, a fair few sessions to do this. Don't worry about the sport. Okay, that'll happen. Mate, they're learning through the environment. Okay, so in Australian football... When we first, you know, it was a it was a, a team of under eleven girls who'd never played the game. We started with Tiggy. I kept building it up, you know, towards the game of Australian football, and everything was beautifully controlled. My one nightmare, head, I'd met their, I'd met her parents and spoke straight after, and oh, you know, Gunny, mate, thanks for letting us know that will never happen again, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really, really. I won't tell you the other stuff that they said. To be honest with you. They were, they were, you know, encouraging martial law almost. But the point is, is that, um, you know, this stuff, this stuff actually really works. But look, if, if a primary school teacher spends five whole days on this, okay, mm. of course we should be doing it at the start of our sessions, you know, trying to set up a like like a great environment, you know, for, because otherwise it, it's those kids too, those kids who are already good who are going to thrive and, you know, yeah. we know as a as a PE teacher that the boys in particular who thrive in PE are the most aggressive, you know, dare I say in brackets, almost bullies, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we need to look after the others, okay, by setting that wonderful environment up. Yeah. So that's, that's made me think of two things. One of the things it's uh, made me think of, and it's, uh, it's a strange thing to be excited about, is that... Uh, I take a lot of courses, um, coaching coaches, uh, teachers mainly, and uh, yep. one of the areas we talk about is refereeing, uh, which is something that a lot of teachers have to do uh, because they are taking their school teams away, uh, or um, when the team they're hosting a team, they're the referee, and it's not something they are probably signed up to do, but it's part and parcel of what you do as a coach, and probably most coaches also have to referee their team. And one yeah. of the things I say is um, we go through a referee's presentation uh, and you can't learn it in an hour. Um, but what the, some of the things that you can do is you can actually, before a match, is to learn routines. Uh, so I'm liking this word routines. Yeah. Um, 
which is that you practice the language that you're going to be using the most. Uh, and the language you're using the most in rugby, and I'm sure other sports will um, have similar areas, are things which are going to happen a lot. So in rugby, there's tackle and ruck. So you practice that language. So you are saying it at the right times and you're not having to think about it. So you're shouting, tackle, roll away, roll away, uh, rut, mm. fr- rut formed, hands off. Uh, you're saying it in a positive way, hands mm. off, uh, onside, five seconds, uh, all those sorts of things that you're saying and you're saying it routinely. So I think that you need to be practicing beforehand the sort of language that you're going to say to a kid to positively tell them off, to create mm. that environment where you're saying, Craig, stop doing that. Remember, we decided beforehand that we aren't going to uh, say that sort of language. Right, play on. Mm. And you've, you've practiced that beforehand. So you're not, as you say, you're not giving that five, ten minute speech, which is probably turning into a five, ten minute speech because you didn't say it very effectively the first time. So you're trying to explain yourself the second time and you're trying to explain yourself, explain yourself the third time. And it's lost its impact. So I think a takeaway for me is to remind myself that if I'm going to an unusual situation is to practice the language that I'm going to use and the tone I'm going to use in those in those circumstances, because that's going to make the difference. Because if you can tell someone off effectively. Without making it a big thing. They're not going to get frustrated by you because if you lose, start losing the audience. Uh, we, you know what it's like when you've had those lessons. <laughs> the, the, the kids have said, "I don't like this guy. I'm going to muck around whatever he says." Then you, yeah. you're gone. It's like a, it's like a kid on a cold day. Once they're cold, you're never going to warm them up ever again. You've got to just uh, carry out. But uh, so that's and now the other thing which I think is interesting is a point which. I'm often very aware of is that at any training session, there's always going to be two or three players who are going to be the star players. And Mm. in a sense, they can almost bully the game. They can take the most possession. They can run with the ball or score the most points. And everyone else is, um, are passengers to a certain extent. I mean, you can change the game. You've got to look after everybody and the danger is that by trying to rein back on the good kid, you are giving them constraints which they don't enjoy. And I've seen it happen before. Where you mm. say to that kid, right, uh, I, I remember doing it. And this, this boy is playing uh, for Wales 7, so it kind of harmed him too much. He left the club pretty quickly <laughs> yeah, after okay. I did it. Uh, is I put, four tag, I put four tag belt, uh, put a tag belt on and put a four um, tags on him because uh, I thought it'd be easier for him to tackle. He hated it and uh, he, he really didn't want it to happen. Um, so, the, you know, just because I like to throw out another curveball at you, um, yep. how, how, how do you constrain that very good kid to allow the less able kids a fair crack at the whip? Or are we looking at some um, panacea, some magic silver bullet which doesn't really exist? <laughs> Well, maybe a bit towards the end there. So the research would say, of course, the good kids want to play with the good kids. But in this one, they're at a club. 
you, yeah. you know, you, so so you've got to actually focus on the fact. Yeah, again, the environment's really important. You know, I just hammer the point, and again, I don't actually have the luxury anymore of, you know, and I, and I call it luxury because it really is easier than me coming into other people's environments like Yorkshire Carnegie with a group of fourteen-year-olds I've never met and have to whip them into shape, which I might add I did with a plum. Mm. But um, by the same token, yeah, look, if you, okay, I would ask them, you know, do you want to succeed? What does that mean, et cetera? Okay, if they are a competitive kid, yeah, they want to win. Okay, well, mm. aren't we going to be better if they're better, if if all of your mates are better? And that's, that, that's I remember getting to a grand final in, a, in, you know, touch football at, you know, university where we were the only team who focused on our, like we weren't as fast and as agile as the others because most of us were rugby league forwards, but but um, we focused on our girls and that was why we were able to, you know, compete. We still lost the grand final to these, you know, three, you know, whippets out of seven, you know. Mm. They, they played the whole game, but so I would focus on that. But again, so you, you're at this club, your parents have chosen this club Okay, your time to shine is when you go to your representative stuff. And you and mm. I know that there's many kids who couldn't care about any of that stuff. So mm. um, that's where the the club, and, and indeed in Australia, we brought out the great Gene Cote from Canada to come up mm. with this FTEM model, which, or FTEM, where, you know, you know rugby used it a lot of the big sports didn't use it we're basically at the club that's the foundation level that's where everyone matters you know we're just here for each other whether we be mm. coaches referees etc but when we move towards the you know continuum the t that's the talent so that's when we worry about them so look it happened at crowthorn <laughs> rugby football club uh mainly ladies there but one of the boys didn't like me okay and i'm talking when i'm talking boys he might have been 25 um look mate it was very easy for him to run outside his entire opposition they were playing four on four footy in a very wide space and he could use his space and you know like 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 his speed you know which i would suggest isn't in that space that you know clever football to run outside and actually you know score a try so i would actually make him stop of course he didn't like it but in the end, if I had the chance to explain, well, you know, come on, mate, you know, this isn't just about you showing off here. That's not really that intelligent, that football that you're playing there. Uh, it's a bit like when I would have boys who might have been in the C team because they were small, but they were five eights playing touch football or Oztag in physical education. They might get an A minus and the first 15 winger, uh, got a B, or what did I get a B? Well, see, this guy puts you into holes, okay? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, look, it, look, it, it's a tough one. you just got to keep practising. I mean, you can't, as a phys, ed, a phys ed teacher, get a boy, again, let's talk about Australian football. I've had boys who have gone on to, um, I mean, they're, they're playing on the telly now, and I've had to, you know, teach them in Gaelic footy or something like that. They've already got the skills, so they can't be, a A plus students already. You got to stretch them. So mm. look, look, look. It it I, it would always be non dominant foot or something like that that I would get them to play with. Okay, uh, every second kick you got to do non dominant. 
Okay. Mm. Reason why I'm doing that is because I'm stretching you. But hey, again, that comes down to the personal, the personal stuff that you've got to develop beforehand yeah. and continually throughout. So when we were talking about that young fella who I sat out, uh, you know, two of them actually <laughs> at uh, the Cooper School at Essex. Look, um, I can remember sitting down one of them and just saying, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> you're killing it. You, you, you're killing me. And, <laughs> and I said, do you understand that? He said, yes. So in other words, you've got to actually, um, well, if, if we used um, some behaviour management again, where you think about restorative justice, well, who are you harming here? Well, okay, me personally, we've always got to remember you yourself as the learner. Um, well, who else are you annoying? Me, Gunny. Okay, mm. right. And who else are you annoying? Well, the other, the other, you know, class members. So, yeah, a, a tough one, a tough one. But I would suggest again, look, they and and here's where people get it wrong when these, you know, clubs, you know, try to be blue ribbon clubs. For goodness sakes. Mate, clubs are there to save people's lives. You know what I mm. mean? Like um, to become a better player, okay, and you know get higher levels. That's where the representative teams come in, and there's plenty mm. of girls in particular who couldn't care about representative footy, and yet they would eat it up. Okay, so um, Jesus, there's another long. <laughs> I think that's a very no, no. What I, I my, it's making my mind uh, think quite uh, carefully about this because I got a feeling that a lot of gra grassroots rugby sees itself as a stepping stone to the talent pathway and I just wonder and I, I'm sure that uh, uh, the one person who ever listens to this might uh, come in and tell me I'm completely wrong but I'm, I'm okay. sure that we are starting that uh, the talent pathway in the wrong place. I think the grassroots clubs should be, as you say, they are the lifesaver, they are the community, they're the group of people getting together. And you play games, you might win some games, you might lose some games. It is the interactions, it is the, the social um, growth that comes from that which is important. Now, if you're talented, yes, you will get some advantages from playing the sport at your club. But if you're really talented, you will go and find different ways to express that talent. You're not going to be held back by playing the club. Now, if you then go off and play all your rugby or all your sport and in an academy and uh, you join up with the, the under nine academy, which is on a pathway, well, that's fine. Now, I know that happens in soccer. It doesn't happen in rugby, uh, thankfully. Yeah. That that I think that's dangerous. I think you are reducing a child's opportunity to learn and grow in an environment and to have the knocks and falls, which are not not important. To be told off by you at under nines and sat out is not going to be a life-changing, world-ending experience. It's just going to be a bump on the pathway. It's great if you have that. Now, if you're at a talent academy and a coach sits you out, you could have months of sleepless nights thinking, well, I, will I be selected again? The great thing about grassroots rugby is that you'll be playing next week and the week after and the week after mm. because there's no selection, and which is. is a great thing. Uh, yeah, you, there are maybe some criteria for selection, uh, perhaps for some small things, but they are such low stakes. Um, so I'm just wondering whether 
we are seeing grassroots rugby or grassroots sports in with slightly through the wrong lens um uh because all, all the things you're talking about suggests that it is engagement it is about personal growth it is not about the sport in itself it's the sport it's just a conduit for you to grow and become a, a better person whatever a better person looks like or sounds like or is um God, that sounds very deep there. And all we're thinking about is um, I've got uh, I've got to control 20 kids who are uh, completely lunatic and entertain yeah. them. For, uh... So, so right, OK, well, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and pull a few threads together here because uh, okay. we I, I promised beforehand that we'd have structure and uh, okay. my fault entirely that we completely lost. structure. You be, you being the structured one. It's uh, it's been my fault. So my. Here are a few threads. So we've tried to put, um, we try to talk about session starts, and really, yep. for me, the thing which has come across um, is that you are about routines mm. um, to allow to allow the kids, the players, to enjoy what's important. You said you talked about the turf. Uh, but also, and the thing which really has come across is how important that those routines, those turfs, allow you to make the connections. And some of those connections require them to know exactly what is allowed and not allowed. Mm. Um, now, just just tell me, just re- tell me a little bit more briefly, if this yep, uh, <laughs> briefly, brief. when you you've said quite a few times Maslow before Bloom. So my uh bloom i would i'm thinking we're talking about bloom's taxonomy with maslow we're talking about the hierarchy of needs so just in layman's terms what is maslow before bloom <laughs> well it's, it's just that primary school uh teacher set in the environment okay it's what we've talked about there like okay lots of people including myself now trying to sell my wares Mm. But my wares are about the nuts and bolts. Uh, a lot of it, like a lot of our interventions will not work. Okay, I'll say it again. Yeah. Our interventions will not work. And we've seen that with Game Sense because we haven't focused on the culture. So you guys are getting excited about CARDS, which is an amazing acronym that I used at Yorkshire Carnegie mm. um, for them to break down my session. Okay, but but again, you're doing it better than us because you you're worrying about the culture, the learning environment first. Mm. Okay, all the stakeholders. Okay, so um, Maslow. So in in other words, a lot of people uh, and and they're doing it for good reasons. Okay, that's what research is about. It's about trying to build on. Okay, um, other stuff. Well, we're not doing the old stuff. We're not doing the routines <laughs> where this stuff's going to work. So Maslow yeah. is, yeah, but the hierarchy of needs. So before you get to self-actualization, so let's let's look at Bloom's taxonomy. So if we if we go to okay, um up that spectrum, you know, you you know, you start to evaluate and then you you know create and and I've seen some amazing people um all about you know the creativity of the young people that can't work as successfully if you haven't focused on the nuts and bolts. So making mm. people feel safe. Making yeah. people feel welcome. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's, and that's and yeah, that's. I yeah. mean, Maslow is. Uh, they he starts off with the physiological needs uh, that you yeah. actually got to be. I, I would look at it in a business sense. You've got to be in a safe place where you actually get paid. 
um, proper money before you even get onto the social thing. Now, if you go and watch something like uh, uh, Rusty, Russell Earnshaw, John Fletcher, Richard Cheatham, people like that, uh, they can get on to the what we see as the fun stuff very quickly in their sessions, and you do the same because they have a very quick... Um, uh, they they make the situation very comfortable very quickly because of their expertise. You cannot do that uh, as quickly unless you've you've got that expertise. So we we all need to be able to know and sense and get create that environment quickly. And it just doesn't happen unless you've done all those things that they they do so effectively beforehand. And yeah. That's what the, that's why expert coaches are expert coaches because they get there quickly, uh, but they get there because they they're almost following a a path um, subconsciously. Would you would you think that? Am I am I going off off task there, or is that? Oh, look, apart from the former players who are thrown in there, um, yeah. Um, look, look, uh, you know, a lot of the, I mean, look, in, in rugby league in particular, because it's a working class game, probably the only working class game in Australia, um, you know, a lot of the top coaches are teachers. So they've, they've, they've had to come through, you know, all the different contexts. So that's why they are experts, whether it be, mm. you know, Wayne Bennett was a teacher at um, in the police force. And, you know, look, honestly, most of them, I mean, Anthony Seabold now, he, he, he he's the newest young uh, coach, he's a teacher, um, but but basically, yeah. Look, they've had to actually come up with these these thoughts. So, look, going back to the you know traditional way of you know coaching that you mentioned earlier, and how we shouldn't be hard on each other. Okay, about yeah. how we used to coach. Now, again, this is how important Maslow is. You know, coming before Bloom, so making yourself feel. Um, safe or make, making people feel safe including yourself of course um yeah. look you and i have seen some of the greatest coaches in the world who use closed drills okay but because yeah. the the young people or old people adore them to death and they adore them it's still going to work mm. you know what i mean like those players still play for them you know, like, 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 you don't always need to be like, you know, you know the amazing Lynn Evans or you know Brian Ashton, yeah. how he's been, you know, coaching. I I spoke to Gary Street. Oh, what a legend he was, you know. Yeah. Um, and and b- back to the academy. By the way, he said anyone's allowed to come and join their academy. It, you know, it doesn't matter. But so yeah, I would say that um, again, the best way to coach is to try these things, but what isn't focused on in any of our coach education in Australia, and it used to be, is this type of stuff that the Australian Sports Commission used to teach us, how to group people up. Okay, where do you stand when you're, like, all that stuff, all that all that practising stuff. So they're, they're experts at it. Like, I've, I've now seen Rusty live with Brian Ashton. Mate, bang, yep, you, you were right. He was straight into it, mate. Fletch uh, has just got this way of just constantly asking questions, you mm. know, but making you feel comfortable. Mm. You know, he, he's got a real presence, you know. <laughs> he has, he has. He's, and he's, also he's, 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 yeah. He, what I, uh, one of the things he does is, um, and I've seen it, uh, you, you almost need to sit, stand back from it, uh, is the <laughs> amount of care 
that uh, he has for everybody he has and that uh, that that drives what makes well a lot of what i think what it makes uh, he says uh, important to each player because suddenly you think this guy really cares about me and exactly. the truth of it is the truth of it is he does uh, rather than uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not put on it says you see some people who you think oh god you know i know that you don't really it's something uh, 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 for all american listeners they'll know that uh, some of the americans will say oh that jesus was wonderful thing i've ever seen in my whole life and you you know it's 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 just it's just sayings but it's that it's that care for the individual that that yeah. makes a difference if you if you personalize it that's why why it's important you don't ask the question for the sake of the question you ask it because I know if I'm asking this question, I want to make you better, and that's yep. uh, that's that's important. But that comes from you, uh, you, we can go off on this a bit. The, the point you just made about uh, these ex players coming in, I I talking to a very experienced coach this week uh, who's just moving on to a different club, and he's looking back at his ex club. And I'm not going to say it because it will it, everyone will identify who exactly what's going on. But it's a top club. And he said, it is ex-players coming in, and I've seen it happen before, and I'm seeing it happen now. They just do not have the years of experience to know when to ask the question, when to not ask the question. When to, and then know how to react when that person says something different. And that experience is very important. So any, I mean, anyone who's not been in coaching for a long time is probably thinking, oh, no, how am I going to get there? Well, a lot of what you've just said is you've got to be on the right road. And uh, yeah. what, 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 is that, what is that road? Uh, is, is probably, <laughs> but the, you, you, so the road is, I'm going to try and tie it. This is my second attempt at tying up. So this is where the structure's gone. The, the, road, the road is uh, owning the turf. It's, set, it's setting up routines. It is um, knowing when to step someone out. Uh, it is um, uh, understanding that it's about making connections. Um, what, I'm, what have I missed? Well, the only thing you've missed is, well, and, it, and it goes in with that, is that you just constantly keep trying and stuffing up, you know, and, yeah. and like Lynn Evans, 81 years of age, Joe, Joe Whifferty there at uh, Oxford, made us supposed to have a one-hour meeting, ended Four hours later, Joe, wow. Joe, and this amazing learner, eighty-one years of age, sitting across from me, wanting to know everything he could about Indigenous football. Mm. At well, eighty-one he, years of age, you know. Well, so he is a very special person in terms of. Uh, he's, the thing is that uh, he was right out there uh, for a very long time, and I don't think people necessarily understood it. What he what no. he was getting to, but he was he was fantastic. Uh, but so so so. But but in other words, we're on a journey where you know death's going to beat us. Sadly, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> towards yeah. towards as Brian Ashton and the, or, and the Germans you know, in a penalty shootout. If you're English, <laughs> but we're, we're on a journey towards mastery. We'll never get there. Yeah. You're just going to keep getting better and better and just mm. trying new stuff. I always laugh, you know. Um, you know, Craig Bellamy, amazing coach down in Melbourne. You know, honestly, if he came to any of the, you know, things that I run at times, mate, he'd struggle. You know, that's the point. You know, the grassroots is the most important 
you know, you, you know, you volunteer coaches out there who are working with the grassroots, honestly, mate, you are my heroes. And uh, if I can do anything to help you, geez, I'm always here for an email, etc. Geez, mate, I, I've I've got so many more things I'd like to actually uh, talk about yeah. there, but but yeah. uh, either way, well, let, mate, let's, uh, let's yeah, let's just tie all right. So. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put links on here, but if you sure, want sure. to know more, we've got to go to the the website, which is very easily called Craig Gunn with two N's, yeah. craigdunn.org. Uh, yeah. You'll find you're on Twitter. Your Twitter handle is uh, C yeah. underscore Gunny73. That's it. There's, there's the yeah. age. Yeah, there's the age. <laughs> God, dear. I put you near. All right. Anyway, so there's the age. It must be it must be the sunshine uh, making you look that wrinkly and uh, old and uh... <laughs> yes, and I've got blue eyes. Remember, mate. You see, oh, you're blue eyes. The... Uh, well, all the, the all the best people have the blue eyes. All the best people have blue eyes. But uh, but you know the, the the gun engagement gun engagement YouTube channel is where yeah. you're going to find yeah. And I and I, and I would man. yeah and uh, genuinely I know you keep saying it but it's actually. Um, no one, no one's got learning styles. That's luckily kicked into the long grass a long time ago. But it is, it is great to see that because it, sh- it shows it in action. And the okay, you and you will say is that first of all, it is, it is about you putting it across, which is fantastic. Enjoy that. But don't, don't think everyone's got to be like you. Just listen to and uh, uh, soak in the ways that you can approach your coaching, and that's great. It is generally great and. Uh, for those look, uh, listening in from the UK, we're looking forward to seeing you in September at various yes. different venues. Uh, so that would be great fun. And um, uh, I said, I promised myself that we would be structured. And it is, has been my fault completely that uh, we've been unstructured. <laughs> Uh, but I've, isn't this the dynamic system? I like it. Yeah, it is a dynamic. Is it dynamic system which works? I can't remember. I haven't owned the turf. That's the problem. I've got to I'll own the turf. I'm going to do routines. I'm going to write out. Yep. I'm going to tell you off when I need to tell you off. Please do. Please yeah. do. I need it. Uh, I need anyway. it. But l- 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 listen, like if anyone wants any tips, they can. Or, or, or you know, when I say that, and, and we've got to be strict on what you said there. Yeah. Okay, you gotta be yourself, but you gotta just pick one thing each session and give it a go. Yeah. You know, try something new. Jesus, I, I've had many Premiership winning teams, and uh, I tried something new every time. And I can remember <laughs> one time, um, you know, when 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 I didn't win a um, a championship, or or my boys didn't win a championship, and and the assistant coach, when we were working it all out afterwards, saying he was a Canadian fella, so we blow up the program, you know. <laughs> so he, he actually, uh, you know, pointed out that really we didn't do too much wrong. But uh, I'm a person who, yeah, you, you've got to keep evolving, keep mm. keep trying new things. So, yeah, but if anyone wants anything, my uh, email is all lowercase coach gunny, G-U-N-N-Y, at craiggun.org. I reckon that's possibly... One of the easiest things to do. Ask me any question, guys. I can't help myself. Oh, I want to help the volunteers. So, yeah, be in touch. Yeah. And uh, so all uh, anyone who wants to know how to make a possum ball, uh, <laughs> that is the email 
to get in touch with. And uh, I'll be certainly encouraging everyone to be dropping a line about possum balls um, and the making of. Danny, it's been uh, it's been uh, a great pleasure uh, uh, to uh, complete have a completely unstructured conversation with you. So thank you very much for your time. And uh, for anyone uh, who has survived to the end of this podcast, if you want to find out uh, more uh, about um, the stuff that uh, we do at uh, RugbyCoachWeekly.net fire yourself over there we've got some other podcasts there from other um coaches as well and lots of uh, ideas as well on the website so anyway uh thank you very much for listening and thanks very much gunny for your uh time and um i look forward to catching up with everyone very soon thank you dear that's all right (laughs) 